0: Welcome to the podcast of Central Church. This is our latest weekly message. Hi everyone. Yeah, come and get cozy. It's a nice little little group of us this afternoon. Gathering together, good to be here. We are um, looking again at um, Luke chapter 17. Um, if you were here last Sunday morning, Becca um, preached out of this passage, and I listened to it because um, I was away, and I really enjoyed some of the the things that Becca brought out of this passage. So if you, did, you haven't, if you were, if you missed last Sunday morning, it is really worth a listen on the podcast. So um, yeah, Becca just really brought out that sense of um, well, actually, someone who was there. Would you want to give us a summary rather than me? Because, Becca's on youth, so she can't. Otherwise, I would have asked Becca. But, like, you know, this is testing your, like, remembrance. I don't even know who was there. So, you could all just claim you weren't there. And uh. <laughs> You weren't there? I was there. You weren't there? <laughs> That's great. Good job, yeah. Good <laughs> um, Usually when we have a passage and we sit in it for a month, we um, just we, we preach it through different perspectives. Um, but I, I, I don't know that Becca had a specific perspective, and I don't either tonight. So you're just getting some thoughts from, from Caro tonight on this passage, which is fine. Um, let me read it to you. This is probably a story you're familiar with. From Luke chapter 17 and verses 11 to 19... Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? I like that question, like maybe he didn't know. (laughs) I don't know were they all cleansed did I have a 10% hit rate I like I don't know I don't know why that question's in there we're not all 10 cleansed where are the other nine has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner then Jesus said to him rise and go your faith has made you well it's a great story I really enjoy this and I've been sitting in this passage for a couple of weeks knowing that we were going to be speaking on it and so I just want to share some things that really struck me about this passage that might, um, in my my hope is that they might just land somewhere for you in your own heart this afternoon and that God might bring some encouragement to you as you are on your way through life. One of the things that's really interests me about this passage is that it's set in a kind of... Um, Borderland state. So in that first verse, in verse 11, it says Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and he was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And we can kind of perhaps think about Samaria and Galilee as like states within, I mean, it wasn't a nation at that time, but kind of like borderland states, like you might travel along the border of New South Wales and Victoria. And he's traveling along. This border, and there's a sense that he's walking in a borderland between Samaria and Galilee. Now, what's kind of important about that is that Samaria and Galilee really didn't get along. Um, the Samaritans, in uh, the the cultural context of that day, were at odds with the Jewish people, and the Jewish people were at odds with the Samaritans. And so you can. Uh, you don't actually actually have to stretch your imagination that far. We're talking about the same land as Israel and Gaza right now. Slightly different geography but still in this holy land we have people groups who are unable to get along. And this was uh, the context of Jesus' time as well. Um, there had been violence between these two groups pop up at different times in the known history of Jesus's day. So there are instances we have historically of Jews harassing Samaritans and Samaritans harassing Jews. So we have these two states, Samaria and Galilee. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and he's walking the borderland between these two opposing states. Now one of the interesting things, and this is another one of the cultural You know quirks of this area is that the quickest way from northern Israel to Jerusalem was to travel directly through Samaria but because of the hostilities between these two people most Jews would choose to go the extreme long way around in order to avoid this state of Samaria so they would add like 100 kilometers to their journey just to avoid going through Samaria and so we get this sense that there is genuine opposition but jesus didn't seem to be avoiding this in fact he seemed to be happy walking the line between these two places now we we read that he comes to a village there's no understanding of whether this village was in samaria or whether this village was in galilee we we don't know who owned the village that jesus is coming to it's a bit ambiguous but I feel like when you read this, you get a sense of Jesus as being one who is happy in in in-between places, one who is happy to walk in no man's land, one who is happy to be a border crosser, who doesn't mind whose territory he's in because he's going to walk the way that God has called him to walk. And so we find Jesus in this borderland place between Samaria and Galilee. Just a few chapters earlier in Luke, in um, chapter 9, we read again of Jesus going to Jerusalem and he sends his disciples ahead of him to prepare the way. And in this little account in chapter 9, we have this instance of the disciples going into a Samaritan village to prepare the way for Jesus. And the Samaritans, not being very happy about this and not being very welcoming to the idea of a Jewish Messiah coming through their village. And so the disciples get a little bit annoyed at this lack of welcome. And what they suggest to Jesus is, Jesus, would you like us to call down fire from heaven to destroy these Samaritans? I mean, that's the disciples' approach to Samaritans. Like, I don't know who they thought they were or what kind of power they had at their disposal. I'm not sure that there is, I don't know if that's a euphemism for something or if they were literally thinking they could call down fire from heaven to destroy these Samaritans. But that's kind of like the vibe we've got going on between Jews and Samaritans. And in that instance, of course, Jesus rebukes his Disciples. You can imagine just the forehead slap, the eye, like the, Jesus knows his disciples are not understanding what he is on about. So Jesus is happy in this borderland place. Jesus is happy walking the edges of conflict. Jesus is happy in liminal space in no man's land between people groups who cannot get along. It says as he was entering the village, 10 men who had leprosy, came out and met him. And these were ten men who also lived in borderland places. They lived in no man's land. They lived in the space in between these two states because they were not welcome um, to live in community in normal ways because they were unclean, uh, feared for their... um, contagiousness and they had to live as outcasts separated from their families from their kinship groups from their villages so we have 10 people it doesn't say how long they've had leprosy does not say how long they've been living in a state of being ostracized it does not say it does not give us any details all we know is that there are 10 men who are also living in borderland places outcasts through no fault of their own They're not cast out from the community because they're violent. They're not cast out because they're rapists or murderers or thieves. They're cast out simply by the unlucky fact that they are sick. And in those days, that's what happened to people with leprosy. They were unwell, unclean and unwelcome. We're given the facts that there are 10 of them. um, And later on, we find out that one was a Samaritan. We could assume from that that the other nine were Galilean but we don't know. There could have been five Samaritans and five Galileans. There could have been four Samaritans and six Galileans. We don't really know. All that we know is that one, at least one is a Samaritan and perhaps the other nine were Jews. And this really, really intrigues me because despite their physical sickness, Despite the fact that these 10 men have been ostracised from their communities because they are unwell. Despite the fact that they have leprosy, they've actually been living in community with one another for an unspecified length of time. So they may be physically unwell, but they are socially healthy in a way that was unknown in their communities at the time. That's really interesting to me, that we often think about, um, we often think about sickness and unwellness in somewhat black and white terms. And we miss perhaps the broader idea of what it's like to be unwell. these 10 men in their shared ostracism they had actually found mutual belonging their experience of being outcasts had actually pulled them together in a way that they can live transcending their cultural religious and like social boundaries they'd found wholeness together as a community so the question i have about this is like who who is sick in this story who is unwell we have 10 physically unwell people living in harmony and we have a whole whole villages and states of people probably at different levels of physical health but living at very much in unhealthy ways together so it's an interesting question around who is healthy and who is sick in um Earlier, again in Luke chapter 5, Jesus says, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And in the message translation, Eugene Peterson writes, Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? I'm here inviting outsiders, not insiders. An invitation to a changed life, changed inside and out. And so there's something intriguing for me in this passage because, yes, there's something that's sick about these 10 lepers, and there's something that's phenomenally well about them. That in their shared suffering, they've actually found a kind of wholeness that is not possible for those who are living in a normal kind of existence. And I, I guess in reflecting on this, I guess I consider that there is a way, I think, in which our suffering can make us whole in a way that we don't understand when we're well. It's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick and i wonder how much our i wonder how much our outward projections of our own wellness our lack of being able to admit the places that we are sick hinder us from receiving jesus as the great physician that we need and i think about the ways in which people who are readily able to admit their weaknesses their you know their unwellness actually may exist in a greater state of wholeness than those of us who pretend that we're all all right thanks and so while these 10 men have leprosy there is some kind of wholeness I think they've found that they didn't know without their leprosy and as I think about this and reflect in my own life, I realise that there's actually an invitation for those of us who know what it's like to be an outsider, an outsider of any group, those of us who know what it's like to feel like an outsider, to feel ostracised, to feel like we live in a kind of borderland or a no-man's land or a separation from community, those of us who have felt that in any kind of way in our lives, there's an invitation for us to know what healing looks like in community and to recognise that there's a kind of like, there's a way in which our own experience of being ostracised can lead us to create and belong in communities of wholeness. That our own felt experiences of being an outsider will, nev- will cause us to never allow anybody else to be an outsider. I think that's the gift of difference. And I think that's the gift that we see in this little community of 10 men who were unwell and ostracised and yet had found some kind of radical wholeness that their culture knew nothing of. And I think there's something about the people of God that we're meant to know that. We're meant to know what it's like. Not, not, I mean, not meant to know like, oh, let's all be outsiders just so we know what it feels like to be ostracised. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you don't actually have to try that hard sometimes to get in touch with a sense of otherness in your own, what it's like to be an other, and then to use that to be an energy for creating community and belonging and wholeness. And I wonder if Jesus knew that. I wonder if Jesus' own experience of being slightly odd in his own context different unknown rejected whether that led him to understand that wellness and wholeness is not just a physical thing but actually runs a lot deeper through all of us in this story I think this is like possibly the unsexiest miracle that Jesus ever performed Um, I say that because like I mean, here we have these 10 men, they stand at a distance, they do what's right. They know they can't come near. Um, presumably, they, I, I have heard that lepros, I was going to say leprosized people, that's wrong. People with leprosy um, <laughs> had to wear a bell, like to make, to make a noise when they came near people. So people knew to stay away. I mean, how awful is that? Like, so these men know that they're not allowed to come near. Um, So they're in no man's land. They stand at a distance from Jesus who they call master. They know he is somebody. Maybe he's been this way before. And they stand at a distance and they cry out to Jesus, Jesus master, have pity on us, have compassion on us. Now, we have seen all kinds of miracle stories of Jesus before. He's touched people. He's spat on people. He's, you know, prayed for people. He's done all manner of things. He could have done anything. We know he's touched lepers before, so he's not afraid of touching them. But in this instance, Jesus doesn't do anything um, interesting, I think I would say. He just turns to them and says, go show yourselves to the priests. Not even like, hey, I've heard your request. Good idea. He, like, he doesn't even, he just sends them on their way and says, go show yourselves to the priest. Very unsexy miracle. Does Hardly engages with them at all. Just goes, all right, you lot, on your way, go find a priest and show yourself to them, which is what you're supposed to do in order to get the tick of approval for being um, now not leprous <laughs> yeah, to be approved. Um and then it says as they went they were cleansed as they went like how far along the journey did they get before they realized that these diseased parts of their body were now clean and whole how far did they walk before they recognized a miracle was taking place like this is this is just such an interesting encounter such an interesting story I have been um, sitting with this passage and and as as I do, I love this idea of um, as they went, they were cleansed. On the way, on the way, on the way to doing the ordinary thing that they were supposed to do, they found their healing. This is possibly one of the most indirect miracles Jesus ever um, performed did they did they like there's such an indirect notion to this miracle that they were somewhere on the way they were somewhere and they realized they were well did they know that that was because of Jesus maybe but it's not like Jesus said you know he didn't do anything that kind of linked himself to the miracle he just told them to go and show themselves to the priest very unsexy very indirect and on the way they found their healing on the way, they found their healing. All throughout this passage, there is all kinds of um, journey language. When I kind of consider this passage, perhaps more linguistically or poetically, or looking at the movement in this passage, looking at looking at like in these very short, you know, seven verses, what goes on? There is this all this movement, all this journey language all this traveling jesus was on his way he traveled along the border as he was going while they were on their way go one of them came back get up and go there's all this journeying and movement both of jesus and these men and i was reminded of you know that verse in the psalms that says blessed are those who have set their hearts on pilgrimage blessed are those who are moving blessed are those who are on their way blessed are those who know they are moving from one place to another blessed are those who get up and go there's all this movement and as I was reading this passage I was reminded of this poem by Rilke and I want to read it to you Because it just, the words of this poem just kept coming to me again and again as I was reading and praying through this passage. I can't remember if I've read this Rilke poem to you before. So, Rainer Maria Rilke is a a German poet, and this is from his book of hours, number 59. God speaks to each of us as he makes us then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You, sent out beyond your recall. Go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror, just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand. And I've read this poem many times and sat with it in my own, just reflecting on life. And I love the journeying nature of this poem. The idea that God meets with us and he makes us in the night and sends us out. And we can't quite remember that. Of course we can't remember that. Um, But we know a dim echo in our minds, a dim echo of the words of God, a dim echo That says go, go out to the limits of, of your longing and embody me. Make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Give me your hand. And I think about the journeying nature of this passage and I think about the journeying nature of that poem and I think life happens to all of us, beauty and terror life happened for these lepers beauty and terror they did not earn this they did not deserve it they did nothing wrong to get leprosy they just were sick and there was terror in their sickness and there was beauty in the belonging they found together there was terror and there was beauty just keep going no feeling is final don't let yourself lose me give me your hand and on the way we find our healing there is something I think about this that for me, it, it speaks to me perhaps a little bit about the way that God works in my life, that on the way, I find my healing. I haven't had many radical miracles in my life. I haven't had any massive epiphanies or radical encounters with God. But along the way, I have found healing. And along the way, I have known wholeness. And in my experiences of both beauty and terror, I've found belonging in places that I never thought I would. And I've encountered the Holy One who has held me and sent me on my way and said, keep going. Give me your hand. Like That's, that's a picture of how I know the life of faith to be like for me. And I think about these 10 men I think about them on the way they find their healing, on the way they recognise they're cleansed. And nine of them run off. Of course they run off. If you've been separated from your family and unable to be with your children or your wife or your parents for even two months, if you were healed, you would run to them. To like, Of course that's what you would do. So, I think there's no criticism in my mind for the nine who like kicked up their heels and ran home and like embraced loved ones and get and said, Hey, baby, I'm back. Like, I have absolutely no condemnation for those nine. But I wonder about this one. What was it that made him turn back to find the source? Maybe he was really far away from home. I don't know the story of his life but something as he found his healing on the way made him turn around to get back to the source to go back to jesus to go back to the origin of where he where he found his wholeness and his healing and to fall at the feet of jesus and say thank you that one leper obviously didn't need a priest to proclaim him okay He'd found he's okay at the feet of Jesus. And I, it's made me think, I guess, about how, how possible it is on the journey of life, in the give and take and the to and fro of both beauty and terror, that we can find ourselves forgetful of the source. And I, I guess I can speak from my own life. That indirect miracles happen every day on the path of life, but sometimes I forget their source. Sometimes I forget that all good things come from God. Sometimes I forget that all my healing and my wholeness, whether it comes through prayer or community or medication or psychology or randomness, it all comes from the source. That Jesus is the source of my healing and Jesus is the source of my wholeness. It's so easy for me to forget especially when things seem indirect like when things happen instantly it's easy to know where exactly it came from but this wasn't an instant miracle for these dudes this was a on the way they found their healing this was an indirect miracle this was a miracle separated from its origin but one came back to the source it made me it's made me think of James chapter 1 where James writes so my very dear friends Don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. So, my very dear friends, James would say even to us today, so, my very dear friends, don't let yourself get thrown off course. Don't forget don't forget every good and perfect gift every good and beneficial gift comes out of heaven these gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the father of light make big shadows i can move in don't let yourself lose me give me your hand I think about that leper who, who heard, maybe heard the echo of those words. Don't let yourself lose me. Give me your hand. Return to the source. And this one leper, this one of ten, runs back to Jesus and falls to his knees and says thanks. And Jesus points out the surprising nature of that to those who are around that this one that came back, this one that knew the source, this one that returned was the foreigner. I wonder if he's just again pointing out what it's like to live in borderland places, again pointing out the way that we can other and ostracise people, judge them and kind of like have opinions about them. And Jesus is constantly bumping up against our judgment of other people. And so he points out to his followers, this one's a Samaritan. It's not the only time in scripture we see the Samaritan being the hero. Jesus had a soft spot for those who were left out by others. And he liked to poke the bear more often than not. So this one leper, he comes back. He falls to his feet, falls to Jesus' feet, falls on his knees and says, Thanks. Thank you, Jesus. We were sitting in some of the writings of Meister Eckhart this morning in our contemplative service and Eckhart has a a quote that says, if the only prayer you said in your whole life was thank you, that would be enough. I think that leper knew what that was. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. You find your healing along the way. Don't let yourself lose me. Give me your hand. Thank you for the fullness of life. That word that the leper proclaims to Jesus is the word Eucharist. Jesus was familiar with Eucharist. He would lift up bread to heaven and say, Eucharist or Eucharisto. He lifted up the cup to the Father and said, Eucharisto. And this leper falls at the feet of Jesus and says, Eucharisto, thank you. And Jesus says to him, rise and go in wholeness. If Jesus had met Rilke, I think he would say, make big shadows, I can move in rise and go in wholeness that leper knew not only cleansing from his physical his physical ailments he knew something of what it meant to hear jesus say rise and go in wholeness go on your way hold my hand thank you is enough and so these are some of the things that have come to me out of this this passage this jesus of the borderlands this jesus of the journey this Jesus of wholeness that goes beyond physical things. This Jesus of social well-being. This Jesus who is full of indirect miracles, who sends us on our way, finding wholeness and healing everywhere we go. This Jesus who knows that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father who's above. This Jesus who knows that thank you is enough. and Thank you is enough. I'm going to pray just to finish and I'm going to say a few words and then I'm just going to give us a a minute or so of just sitting in silence together and just listening, listening to what the Spirit of God might want to say to us this afternoon. Creator God, we... Acknowledge before you this afternoon that we too are in many ways not whole like these lepers. That perhaps our bodies have physical sickness. Perhaps our hearts hold some emotional grief and sadness. Perhaps if we're brave enough, we could admit the ways in which we are socially unwell. That we are both the receivers and the makers of ostracism. Help us, Jesus, on our way. Make us whole in every way we ask. That as we go, we would be cleansed. That as we go, we would trust you. That as we go, we would have eyes to see every indirect miracle that comes our way. And as we go, we would know where they all come from, the source of all goodness. Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you for every good and perfect gift. Thank you for the ones that we know we've received. Thank you for the ones we didn't know came from you. Thank you for the gifts we're waiting for that we've yet to receive in full. Jesus, we trust you with our healing. We trust you with our wholeness. And we give you our thanks. And as we just sit quietly here this afternoon, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak something gentle into each of our hearts. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to check out more about Central, visit us at centralchurch.org.au. Music by Chris D'Souza, a beloved member of Central.